Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. James, I'm excited for this weekend, man. Of course, you've got Texas. You've got Oklahoma State, who you beat in Stillwater this last year, plus TCU, who's been a perennial baseball program the last decade or so. I mean, man, it doesn't get much better than this to open up for Arkansas, does it? No, it really doesn't. And Ty, I appreciate you having me on. You know, it's um, you know, usually you start at the season or sometimes, and it's like you got a lot of midweek games, and you kind of ease your way into it. But this format, you know, you're really coming in, you know, right out of the gate, facing some really top tier talent. James, I want to go back to your freshman year and some of the games that you played. I know we've talked about this a little bit, but we saw some true freshmen come in, Tiger, Hagen Smith, and had great seasons for the Arkansas Razorbacks. A couple of them preseason All Americans, All SEC. What does that transition look like going from a, a wide-eyed, bushy-eyed freshman to coming into your sophomore year and, and be expected a lot more from Dave Van Horn and Matt Hobbs? Yeah, well, you know, I think different guys adjust on different time frames. You know, like I th- it took me a little bit longer compared to maybe someone like Zach Jackson who came in and had a little bit bigger impact. You know, obviously he's a big leaguer now, so, um, you know, he may have been a little more talented than he was to begin with, but... Um, you know, it is a transition. It's something that you have to kind of get accustomed to. Um, but when you're coming into a big series like this and you've got, you know, really big time talent, the freshmen who contribute are really the freshmen who, you know, can slow the game down, who can kind of, you know, keep their wits about them and really perform. And um, it's just going to be a matter, especially early on, you know, how these guys handle the big stage and how do they handle kind of the expectations that are put on them for a season for a staff that's really supposed to be very good. James, let's talk about the offseason and, and kind of what builds up. You had fall ball, and then they've been back for a month or so working. Um, been told that there's you know, quite it has been a number of some of the, the pro hogs that are going back to professional baseball soon that have been training and working here during this period. Uh, what's important that's come out of the last 30 days uh, to get this team ready for this, this opening weekend? I think really the last 30 days is really fine-tuning the lineup. It's really fine-tuning know what guys we want to be in what roles going in you know coming out of christmas break you say we've got you know 10 or 15 arms how do we want to put these puzzle pieces together and then i think the last 30 days you're kind of finding out okay who do we really like and what roles not necessarily for the long term but who's going to get those first opportunities to show us that they should be a weekend starter to show us that they should be the closer or you know in it's all a trust building experiment you come in and you're young and don't have a lot of experience you know you want to be a guy who they turn the ball over to that they think i can trust this guy you know this guy is going to get me out and i know that he can slow the game down remain calm and stay focused um so really i think for the coaching staff it's figuring out you know who are those guys and who's going to get those first opportunities 
having some of the former players in, in recent years that are still playing in minor league systems or maybe even uh, in, in the show right now, having them around uh, training in Fayetteville, I, I know there's been a handful of them that have been on hand. What what does that add to the preparation for a team, for, for guys that have been there and, and are at where you're trying to go? Well, I think you can see it in their demeanor and, and the way they carry themselves and the way they prepare and the way that they, and they're confident. You know, I, we saw a lot of big league guys who, through bullpens in the offseason and we're like, you know, it doesn't seem that different or it doesn't seem, you know, that exceptional, but they just had this thing about them, this aura, this confidence that they knew how to get their work done. They knew how to prepare and they knew that when the lights turned on, they were going to be ready to go. And I think sometimes the younger players come in and they're, you know, hundred miles an hour, you know, max effort, every bullpen throwing all day, every day, trying to get the feel the season's coming up, you know, kind of in a, well, not, not a panic state, but just a more, uh, you know, inexperienced state. So I think the older guys, um, older guys on the team, and then especially the older guys that are around in the in the pro level, they just they, they show guys kind of how to go about their business, how to prepare. And I think just that example itself is really beneficial for those young players. We're talking with James Teague of the Teague Law Firm this morning, a little Arkansas baseball conversation. James, you guys had a unique season in 2015. Didn't look like in, at one point you were going to make postseason. Then you went on a run. You had to go to Stillwater. Uh, Ken Atkins brought the spoon. You guys came back to Fayetteville, beat Missouri State, and then ended up in the College World Series. This team last season goes to Stillwater, goes to Chapel Hill, ends up in Omaha. When you see your team and this team last year make it still to postseason that deep, what's your opinion on the importance of still getting a national seed playing in Baumwalker Stadium in postseason when this team's shown that they can go to other places and win it too? Well, I think having the national seed is, is really important just because you can't you know understate the effect that Baum has. I mean, I remember walking out for Game 3 of the Super Regional knowing, you know, this is a rubber match, you know, perform or go home, go to Omaha or go home, and just feeling that energy at the stadium and just feeling that support and really in the first inning scoring three runs and then never looking back. Um, and so, you know, it, it's obviously important. It's not the only way to do it. You know, we showed last year we can go somewhere else and do it. Um, but, you know, there, when you have a place like Bomb, you, you're going to have an advantage if you're able to play at home. James, that season, Vanderbilt, when 2015 was the College World Series runner-up, you think about last season, Arkansas was in the semis, Ole Miss wins it. Two years ago, Mississippi State wins it. I mean, the SEC West is so stacked. You've got Arkansas picked right now third by the coaches. Ole Miss, A&M, LSU right now picked. I mean, when you look at the conference as a whole, how difficult is it week in, week out to go up against some of the caliber players you have to play in each SEC venue? Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head. It's incredibly difficult. And you look at a team like Ole Miss last year, they were really struggling halfway through the year. You know, they were just trying to get into the postseason similar to us in 2015, and then they get hot at the right time, and they go all the way. And I think that's what makes it difficult, too, is you can't really set rankings of this. these teams are at the top and these teams are at the bottom because you see a team like Ole Miss get hot, and then you know if you would have played them earlier in the year, you may have been able to sweep, and now they're giving you fits every single game. So I think that's one thing that really makes it difficult is a lot of teams get better as the season goes on. A lot of arms get more conditioned. A lot of lineups get used. They're not, you know, not completely used to, but somewhat used to seeing SEC pitching. And you know, everyone's making adjustments. Everyone's adapting. Uh, you know, some do get worse, but I think a majority get better. And so, 
there's no there's no easy weekends. You just got to keep grinding. You got to keep plugging away, and uh, just try to compete and win ball games. The loss of Jackson Wiggins, Tommy John's surgery, going to be gone for the year. What what does that mean for this team and this rotation as we start the year? Well, it's a huge loss, and I think I think everyone recognizes it's a huge loss, and I hate it for him. Um, I will say, if, if we're ever going to have a loss like that, um, you want to have it when when you're deep, when you have a lot of arms. And it seems like that's what this staff has. I know we were able to bring in some guys um, off the transfer portal. Transfer portal. Uh, we've got some younger guys who are contributing. We've obviously got a great arm in Hagen Smith um, and, and uh, Tiger. So. You know, I think that we're going to pick up the slack. Um, I would have loved to seen him throw, and I'm sure Hawk fans cross country, you know, would have loved to see kind of what we were all hoping he could become. Um, but I, I think we're going to be able to to fill in the slack and, and compete just with the depth that we have. You talk about the depth of pitching. I think a lot of people would consider that the strength of the team. When it's all said and done, and we're kind of evaluating everything and, and adding up all the totals in, in June, we'll – Will that be what we're saying, that pitching was the strength of this team? You know, I like to say it'd be kind of a whole-rounded effort. Um, I think the pitching depth is always a strength because, listen, if you've got a guy who has an off week, you need someone in the middle of the lineup who can give you four, five, six innings to bridge to your bullpen to, to give you a chance to win. And if you don't have that, you know, you have bullpens that get really overextended and taxed or by the end of the year, you know, they're worse than they were when the year started. Um, you know, I think we've obviously got some great returners on the on the lineup as well and a lot of new guys who, you know, could very well perform and, you know, maybe the offensively it's the side of the team that is better. But um, it's hard not to be optimistic when you look at the numbers, when you look at the returning turners on the staff and you think about, you know, what the staff could become. James, I want to jump outside of baseball for a sec. As a guy that went to an Oklahoma high school, now knowing the Sooners and the Longhorns are joining the league next year, what's the excitement level for getting to compete as a former Razorback and watching your team compete against probably some friends that went to other schools and uh, at Texas and Oklahoma and Norman? Yeah, we can we can finally put the, the Big 12 SEC debate to rest. That'll be the positive you know you grow up in Oklahoma and everyone's like oh SEC is overrated this or that and you point to the numbers and you say well I, I don't see that <laughs> show me show me somewhere it's just, it seems like a strange opinion but you know bringing those teams in and, and being able to say all right here's where the rubber meets the road you know let's compete I think that'll be exciting for everybody uh, we've obviously seen in football kind of the SEC dynasty build between Alabama and Georgia and then we've seen national champions in baseball between like you talked about Ole Miss and Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. So, you know, I'm excited for those, you know, top tier Big 12 programs to come in and, you know, in my opinion, get a taste of what, you know, real competition is, is really about. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. Well, James, uh, I know you're used to closing innings for a number of years, but now you're closing cases with your dad at the Teague Law Firm. I mean, this is a firm that's nearly 30 years in the business, has won best of the best in 2019 to 2021. You're doing a variety of things, family law, uh, your criminal law, and real estate needs. I mean, you're helping people out all over the place. Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of like to think of the firm as the, the Swiss Army knife. You know, it's, it's the guy who can start, he can relieve, he can, you know, eat up some innings in the middle. Uh, we do a lot of different things. And I think one thing about our firm that I really appreciate is just the personal aspect that we bring, you know, the relationship that we build with clients. 
um, you know, when you have especially family law matters, you know, those can be very touchy. Those can be emotional. And, and it makes me feel good to know that I'm building a connection with these clients. We're really working together. We've got a solid game plan, you know, in the same way you have with sports, you know, how do you, how do you prepare? What's the game plan and how are you going to execute to ultimately get to this result? And really it's the same mentality, you know, in the in law world, it's, you know, meeting with the client, getting to know them, getting to know their, their needs, and then executing a game plan to ultimately make sure they're taken care of. And it's not going to be one of those things where you're talking to five or six secretaries either. You're going to, at some point, they're going to get your cell. And if they want to give you a call, it's 479-531-2785. Again, 531-2785. Well, James, excited about this weekend. Excited to hear from you every Friday on halftime at 1215. And we'll see what this team does in Globe Life this weekend. Yeah, Ty, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to you know be with Phil. They're 12-15 every Friday, and uh, we'll uh, see how the season goes. I know we're all excited. I'm excited too, man. Well, James, appreciate you waking up early with us this morning. We'll talk soon, okay? All right, we'll do. Right. Yeah. That is James Teague of the Teague Law Firm. Talk a little baseball. I'm interested to sit down come Monday, let's say, or Sunday night, and take the three box scores for the Texas, TCU, and Oklahoma State game and just compare how much, if any, change in the batting order. I mean, obviously, there, you know, we're going to – be able to talk about three different starting pitchers, but you know how much of a uh, of a difference will there be, if any, this weekend? And what does it say if there's none? Um, I'll be interested to see how much tinkering Dave Van Horn does with the lineup as the weekend progresses. And um, you know, do they? You know, I, I I'm just not a believer. If they go three and zero this weekend, that means they're going to the College World Series. If they're zero and three this weekend, that means the season is doomed. We've we've seen. We've seen different outcomes in, in these early season classics and not necessarily be a great projection of what the rest of the season is going to, uh, to be like. So even if they go down and win all three games this weekend, I think we still got to hold our horses a little bit. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the West. Yeah, it's very early. Baseball, you have to temper your expectations. Phil was the one that taught me this. Football season, every regular season game matters. Really hard to dispute that. Basketball, they matter, but just not as much. And then baseball, it's like if you drop one, it's it's not the end of the world. You just got to get it back at another point because the amount of games. You've got, what, 12 regular season football. It's about third. Is it 30 in basketball? Mm. And then baseball, it's, what, 56. 50? Yeah, I was going to say. If you, get, if you get to play them all, 56 yeah. regular season games. It's a little, little different. The 30 SEC games that are paramount. So, I mean, but these are big non-conference games. They're big for your RPI. I know a lot of people going. I know several people. I don't know a lot, but I know half a dozen people that are making the trip this weekend to Arlington. So uh, it'll be fun. Pretty much anyone that wants to go can get a ticket and get in because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they won't even come close to reaching, you know, a fraction of the capacity. For some people, it's your obviously it's your first chance, but for some it will be your only chance. And in that Dallas area, there's a lot of Razorback alumni, as we know, so I, I suspect that there'll be several thousand Razorbacks in the stands uh, for this game. I think there's probably, honestly, several thousand coming from the natural state. You add a few thousand more uh, that are in the in the Metroplex, so I think the Hogs will have a good showing for this weekend. And if you're a big, just a big baseball fan, uh, my buddy Shea's going down there. He's he's a Razorback baseball fan, but he's a baseball fan first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you get to go and you get to see all these other teams play, and you get to see some other SEC schools play. So I think um, I think it's just a fun deal if you just like baseball. Now, you know, it might, might be fun for a lot of people. I don't think if I took my wife on a weekend to Arlington, to Dallas, she wants to spend 
you know, 12 hours a day at the ballpark. But you could do that. If you really geek out on baseball, it's a fun weekend. And it's not like Omaha where it's beating hot. I mean, Globe Life's indoors. And so, well, and it's February. Yeah, so. and it's a little little different on that. So this should be a, a great weekend. You've got a good weekend for Raceback Sports. Florida's at home this weekend. Globe Life in Dallas. Now, conclusion of football. Yeah, people, softball probably. I didn't look at the schedule, but they're, they're already underway. They had a big yeah, weekend. So. They went 5-0 and this past weekend. Right, I don't so. remember who they played this weekend, but... As people, as football is completely concluded with the National Football League, now people have really started to shift their focus to, they got Florida State, they're in Clearwater this weekend, so they got Florida State, Duke, Indiana, Louisiana, and Nebraska. It's crazy how they fit five games over the course of a weekend for softball. When they went 5-0 and last week, and maybe they can go 5-0 and this weekend, but yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of Razorback events this weekend, and uh, I know a lot of attention. The only issue is, and I hate to bring this up, but it's it's, it's a flow flow sports setup. Well, but the, it, flow sports went best I remember over in Europe. It was okay, wasn't it? I mean, went, I mean, not a ton of issues. So, I mean, it is what it is. And um, college baseball is just not to the level. And you're also at a time where real estate on the SEC network or the ESPN family networks is all eaten up right now with, um, you know, uh, with college basketball. So it's just difficult to find a place where you could land it. I'll be honest, considering it's mid-February, you're lucky to have them on anything, streaming or otherwise. And I don't understand the the particulars behind the SEC. I just don't understand why they couldn't send one team down there for SEC Network Plus and do all the games. You don't have to put in a linear TV as you're mm-hmm. discussing, but I wouldn't. I don't understand why it is marquee. And I and you, you well, said it best with college baseball not holding a candle to college basketball or college football makes sense. But why would you not just send one broadcast team down there? What all goes into that? Travel expenses, money, payment, or is that equipment, what you're looking for? cameras. Yeah, uh, you got to make sure you have fiber internet to make it all work. What also is happening in Fayetteville? They're playing Florida at home. You know, you got that game going on this this way. I mean, and a lot of that staff, what staff? I mean, it's not like they have an extra crew hanging out to do all of these things. I hear what you're saying and what you say makes sense, but I think it's easy just to say what someone else should do when you don't understand any of the logistics. And I don't understand them all, but I know this. People complain about the one basketball game in North Little Rock. Well, there's reasons why. You'd have to bring in a sat truck, the, the, the fiber. It's the cameras that have to be moved that are being used for something else, the crew. I mean, there, there's just a lot of dots that have to connect. So um, I hear what you're saying. That'd be great. And yeah, you could put it on Network Plus for the Arkansas games. But does that mean you don't have enough people to pull off your Florida game? Because we think, well, ESPN just sends all the crew in. Well, that's, that's not how that works either. A lot of your students and people on campus are working those broadcasts. Do you have a sense of emptiness from the 13th of February to the beginning of September, Labor Day, without college football or NFL football? Because I once college football concludes, a little piece of my heart is severed, and then once the NFL, it's it's a good chunk because football's... And I know they've got the USFL and the XFL and the other stuff, but I mean, I know that's that why we... That sounds a little bit of an exaggeration that your heart is oh, severed, it's, but... it's cut off. I mean, I... I <laughs> This is this is what I look forward to every single year. I mean, I, not that college, but y'all know college basketball is my favorite sport. But I mean, college football season is there's nothing like it in my opinion. But if you played every weekend, it wouldn't be special. That's that's very true. But the anticipation of the the pending season, 
The you know, and we get a little bit. I know spring football is not football, but we get enough to to kind of you know what's spring football in in terms of of all of it. Is it is it an appetizer? Is it the you know? I don't know. I don't know how you you really uh, equate that. I mean, it's not the main entree. It's not even the salad before the meal. But it's maybe the rolls that come out while you're waiting on your salad to arrive. But uh, I, you know, we at least get that coming up in March, and then you're going to have another transfer portal period in May. And I know that's not football on the field, but that's a lot of things we'll pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and you got baseball in the postseason. A lot of fans will pay attention to every pitch and every swing of the bat, and that. And I'm one of those. But you know, June's where a lot of people really pay attention, and then by that we're back to hard to believe we'll be at sec media days for football before you know it yep and whenever they announce that mid-july yeah Yeah. some point in july we cannot wait for that that's gonna be a lot of fun. It's in nashville this year but i i think with when it comes to the football in the spring and stuff like you said there's a little bit of an appetizer but we don't have actual games i will say i don't weigh as much non-football season i do football season because i chalk it up i'm gonna eat more during football season relative to that you bring up rolls by the way First time I've ever had Mama Z's this past week. That place, it's crazy. The one of the couple of the best Italian places are in Tawny Town, Arkansas. It's our little Italy of sorts. Why is that crazy? I mean, what that that's, that's who had, lives there. <laughs> I haven't had the grape. Have you ever done the grape festival? No, and I want to. You know, they have the big spaghetti supper, and it's it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we need to we need to go out there and do a show or something. I don't I don't I don't know what we need to do, but yeah, we need to be out at Tawny Town this year for the for the grape festival. Have you had the the IC spaghetti supper? You know, I have. It's that, been years, but it's good, too. I heard that's good. I think yeah. me and some friends are going to do that next week. They were telling me about it as they went to IC growing up. Mm-hmm. There's uh, these food festivals here in the state of Arkansas. The big thing in in Little Rock was, I think it was the Greek Festival, and that was the first time I ever had a Euro, and I was immediately hooked on that. These food festivals here in the state are you got to go to them. And there's little, there's like the Oyster Supper in Slovak right outside of Stuttgart, and there's various different festivals that you'll have some of the best food you'll ever have in these places, in these in these smaller towns or these different things. Because I mean, they've been doing it for 30, 40, 50 years in some cases. Yeah. Were you? A, did your family go to Steak and L when you were a kid? Remember, Steak remember and Steak L. and L? That, that chain? does not ring a bell. Uh-uh. I saw I Rex Nelson had shared a post. They're coming back. They, they, it was kind of one of those chains I remember as a kid. It was a treat when you got to go to Steak and L. Steak and and L. Uh, you know, they're 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 going to make a resurgence. We, uh, in, in Northwest Arkansas, the place that my parents almost took us to and grandparents was Monday Chicken and Guido's were the two places I remember. In Northwest con- Arkansas? Mm-hmm, yeah. Consistently going as a kid. You're, you're a Little Rock guy. Did you ever, uh, did y'all ever go to Sirloin's Inn when it was around in North Little Rock? Mm-mm. Oh man, that was, that was like the best. You wanted, uh, prime rib. That was, that was the place to go, but, uh, they've been gone for a, for a number of years now. I feel like I missed Anytime that. Anytime we went to, to, to Little Rock. And had time, and it was kind of a special deal. We we always went to Sirloin's Inn. The um, the one place that I can say that's a legendary establishment that I actually went to here in Fayetteville is Mama Dean's. It is a oh, true yeah. dying shame that that place is no longer with us. I remember my freshman year, my dad said, where do you want to go eat? And I was like, I know where we want to go because I went there as a senior in college. My senior in high school, my buddies took me there. Roll up, they're closed down. And oh. I was never the same. <laughs> remember. Never. Me and Bruce went there once. They had Kool-Aid. That was one of your choices for, for your beverages. You knew you were in a good spot when uh, when Tropical Punch Kool-Aid was one of your options. So, 
Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785, 531-2785, online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. My brother was at the Texas-Kansas game last last week, and um, there there's some kind of... Uh, exhibit there. I've not been. You've I've been to Paul Gallons. You may know what I'm talking about. It's dope. And uh, he he had his picture made with it. And sent it sent it to me. But he had went to a game at Paul Gallon and had to, some kind of ex a plaque or something um, uh, revolving around that. that Get, getting that a rules. chance to go to Hinkle Field House in Indianapolis two years ago was special. The Dean Dome last year in Chapel Hill, and then also Fog Allen. I mean, those are three of the most significant basketball venues in the sport. And is Hinkle as famous without the movie? No. See, that's that's why Fall yeah. Allen's better because yeah. there's, there's been H- actual H- stuff. Hinkle's that, not famous without the movie, without right. Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree on that. But uh, seeing those venues was pretty special. North Carolina sucks this year. I don't understand it. They're awful. They lost last they night again. go back again. to Carmichael. That's, that's where Jordan played. I guess. They're uh, they're bad. And keeping that hunger. Remember we were talking about that yesterday. How do you keep a team hungry? I mean, they... Here they come out, have success first year, and uh, under a new coach, and then keeping that hunger is hard. And then oh, Kansas, I mean Kansas, all of a sudden back in the top five once again. So we'll see. And they got a big matchup. I think they host Baylor on Saturday. That's a big one ahead in Bogown Fieldhouse. Yeah, it should be fun. All right, uh, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs. They are Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. Who are the best basketball teams in the SEC? SEC! SEC! Let's find out. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. You know, any good house is built on a foundation. Great foundation, good footings. That bottom layer has to be solid. That's biblical. Don't build your house upon the sand, right? That's build it. it on the rock. Solid rock. I'm going to tell you, the bottom layer of this pyramid, I don't know. I mean... I threw them all out from last week. Threw every one of them out. Threw Started out. over. Because, you know, the, the way they performed, with the one exception, I, I'll be honest, I, I kept Auburn in there. But this, we're, I don't think we're going to have a lot of arguments at the top. But we could have a lot of arguments amongst ourselves on who belongs on the bottom tier, yeah. the, the bottom of the Pradco Pyramid of Power. By, by the way, I would like to do a playback when Ty said Auburn would go 2-0 and and I said they go 0-2. So I just just want to bring that up. Hey, that's you know what? I trust in Bruce Pearl and he let me down. So you're right. <laughs> so no arguments at the top. Now there was a little bit of of uh, debate 
and chast- chastising the That's pyramid of power. the first time power. I've ever heard trust and Bruce Pearl in the same sentence. <laughs> I know. It's weird. Coming. About where Tennessee should have been in relation to Alabama a week or two ago. And Tennessee has done nothing but kind of spit the bit since, uh, since then. They get Alabama a huge game because they're now four games back in the SEC standings. But no argument about who's at the top. The number one team in the country, and I think it's been... I hate to defend Alabama or say anything good about Bama, but the fact that it's taken this long to get them to number one in the poll is almost ridiculous. They're number two in the net ranking, and Alabama's at the top of the Pradco Pyramid of Power. That's the, the easiest the, call. It's the bias. It's Anti-SEC bias. <laughs> might be that 12-0 record. Uh, but, um, you know, no question they're the best team in the SEC. Now, when, when I look at this, I, I think it's got to be a snapshot of where we're at right now. That's how I look at this Pyramid of Power. It's not necessarily factoring in a lot of what happened in November and December and where their net ranking necessarily is at and what they're projecting in Jerry Palm or Lenardi's. But I don't know how you say right now A&M isn't the second-best team in this league. Tennessee loses twice last week. Uh, they got a tough week coming up. A&M's done nothing but go 10-2 and two in the first two-thirds of the season. Guys, tell me why Tennessee or Texas A&M is not number two this week in the Pyramid of Power. Body of work. I mean, Tennessee, when you look at it... But if you look at how they're playing right now... They lost two buzzer beaters. They had two starters out in the the game in the second half against Missouri. And Missouri's playing well. But A&M won won against Auburn, beat them 83-78. Everybody's beating LSU. What's A&M's best win? I don't have their schedule right in front of me, but... Tennessee's is Kansas. But we're talking about where we're at well, amongst I, the I SEC teams. A, that is a good question. The fact, I mean, I, mean, I knew I knew they beat Can- it went Bahamas yeah, right earlier yeah. this season. A and M, Tommy, they haven't. They beaten, played McNeese State three times. They haven't beaten Tennessee. Now, if they win, if they win, sorry, I don't know when they play Bama and if they play Bama. But he's right; they haven't beaten anyone conference wise. They hadn't beaten Tennessee and they hadn't beaten Alabama. Those are the two best teams in the league. But when we Look up in six more games, and if they're the number two seed in this conference, I don't know how we can keep saying they they don't belong, they don't well, they don't qualify that's, because that's a big it, if, but yeah, you know, big if. There's six games to go this week. Of course, they play the Razorbacks, and they're at Missouri, who's been they can go zero two this week. Absolutely could. So uh, obviously looking to even the season series. I got A and M at number two. We could certainly debate that. And Tennessee, uh, the other team on the second level of the pyramid of power. Tennessee had no in two week with two heart wrenching. Just gut-wrenching losses. At Vandy, 66-65. And then Missouri, 86-85 on a buzzer beater. It was a tough week to be a volunteer. It's always a tough week to be a volunteer. Oh, it's not either. It's but, not either. But, you know, that's just that's but, the way it goes. You you, 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 uh, you didn't lock people down. You gave them a shot to win, and they both made them. And Vanderbilt, I feel like Vanderbilt all year has kind of underperformed. I think, you know, they got their big guy back, Liam, what's his name? Uh, for Robbins. Robbins. I mean, that, SEC player that, of the week last I mean, week. I mean, you saw what they did to Arkansas. They can score, mm-hmm. you know, and they're they're putting it together. They're kind of on a roll right now. They're favored on the road, I think, in Columbia tonight. And, and historically, good teams. Kentucky's done it. Historically, you go to Vanderbilt, you lose a lot of games at Vanderbilt. Well, Vanderbilt, as well as A&M, as well as Bama, were amongst five teams last week to go 2-0 in this league. That's Mississippi amazing. State, another one. I mean, you look at the 0-2 teams, Tennessee. Listen to this list. These are the teams that did not win a league game last week. Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, Florida, and LSU. Well, LSU. Those were the teams that win. That, that's what you've got to avoid right now is 0-2 weeks. Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, Florida, LSU all went 0-2 last week. 
On that list, though, Tennessee's the only one that's not in trouble. Kentucky's in trouble. Tennessee's in the tournament. They're yeah, in the just tournament. about seed. They're playing for a seed. So they were a one seed two weeks ago, and they're probably a four now. Huge week for Tennessee. Bama tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. That game's the one just ahead of the Razorbacks and A&M on um, ESPN2. So better have your app ready because the Arkansas game's not going to start no. on TV. You can just get ready for that. And then at Kentucky on Saturday, a Kentucky team that I think we're coming to the realization just isn't that good. That good. That's a CBS game, I believe, noon uh, on Saturday on CBS. Tennessee. There. Tennessee needs to go 2-0 and to have any chance to finish with a two-seed. I don't know how big a deal it is to be the two versus the three. But this well, they is play a, each other. This is a big, big week. Well, it, in the conference tournament, though. Is yeah. It, oh, in the conference tournament. Conference I thought you were tur- talking about conference. No, no, I'm talking, okay. I'm talking about the conference standings at the end, being the two versus well, the but, three. But, but a two still plays a three. One plays a four. You just don't want to be a four. You know, if you're that good, mm-hmm. you a two and a three. You know, it's you're just rolling the dice. But Tennessee it's, at eight and four. I mean, we keep thinking they're in second place in this league. They're two games back of second place right now. So I mean, it, what's like, Texas A&M's record? Ten and two. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so a uh, big week for for any. I mean, no one. I don't think anyone's going to catch Bama. They're going to be the regular no. season conference champions. They're twelve and zero. A and M at ten and two. Then Tennessee at eight and four. Now Arkansas missed out on its chance to jump into that fourth spot with the loss to Mississippi State. There's probably six different teams we could put on this bottom of the pyramid of power. We'll probably have some debate about this, and I'll probably have some debate with myself. I've got Missouri, Arkansas, and Auburn. Why are you laughing? That text. <laughs> I'm lure boy. Oh. <laughs> What's That's it say? Pretty, Cry me a river, lure, lure boy. <laughs> At least pretty, they're listening. Thanks pretty, for listening. That's pretty funny. All right, I got... I've got Missouri at nineteen and six, seven and five. Missouri had a um, a good week last week as well. They went two and zero with a, a win against South Carolina and then beating Tennessee with a buzzer beater. They're at Auburn and play A and M. If they go two and zero this week, they're they're solidified there. But uh, that's a big if on on the week they got ahead. Bruce, I will say I had a couple Morning Rush listeners send me the highlight of Missouri hitting that buzzer beater, and they said send this to Bruce. And I, <laughs> I, I, I refrained. I refrained. Don't ruin the rest that. of his trip. Yeah. yeah. So Missouri there, then I got Auburn, uh, who's seven and five as well. There's a lot of teams at seven and five. They lost to A and M, lost to Bama. They get Missouri and Vandy this week. Auburn should be at nine and five when the week's over. If they're not, they don't belong in the conversation. They're thirty fifth in the net rankings right now. And I went and I homered up. I put Arkansas <laughs> back in there. I mean, you could make it. I can't really make much of it. I just don't think Kentucky's that good. No. Vanderbilt doesn't quite do it for me yet. Um, Florida's trending down. Georgia, Mississippi State. Mississippi State may be the next team we're talking yeah. about in this. But I kind of homered up. I mean, there's there's about five teams you could could really have a conversation for amongst um, these three slots. Kentucky didn't make it for me because they went 0-2 last week, so I threw them out. Florida, the same logic. You went 0-2. Arkansas didn't go 0-2. Missouri didn't go 0-2. Um, and Auburn last week, while they're in the 0-2 list, their resume is just better than those other teams. So, Auburn, Missouri, Arkansas on the bottom of the pyramid of power. Probably the only one I'd argue about is Auburn. I think Mississippi State's coming up with a bullet. Their net score is impressive, and they've mm-hmm. been playing well since the Big 12 Challenge. They got size. It just seems to be gelling for them. And, you know, I, I totally agree with Missouri. Uh, I think they're in the tournament. They beat Tennessee on the road. That was, that's their signature win for the season. The knock against Mississippi State in getting there was they're five and seven in league play. I mean, they got they're going to have to hustle and hurry. Their net rankings at forty, yeah. but I mean, being in the top four in the league when it's all said and done after eighteen games, probably not going to happen with where they're at right now because 
Um, they are fourth from the bottom so, in this league. Now, a lot, a lot can change when you go from uh, fourth place right now being seven and five to what would they be ninth place being five and seven. But right now, I couldn't put them in that bottom tier. You know, their nets high. They they played Tennessee, lost twice. They played Alabama real well, lost. There's those are two and three net. And then I think Marquette's fifteen. They had them on their schedule. Mm-hmm. They they had a you know a good non conference game uh, against Marquette. So that, I think their net's going to be strong just because of their strength of schedule. They played Tennessee twice instead of once. So even though they lost those games, you know it, it looks good on their net. Vandy, another team to talk about, win over Tennessee. They're six and six in the league. I mean, you just look at what these next two weeks mean in the league standings. It, it's just huge, and that's why that loss at home. To Mississippi State, that could have put Arkansas in that seven and five conversation. Just to me, it just stings a little bit more because this morning you could you could be sitting here going into yep. the middle of the week play at least tied for fourth. Well, that's one less game you have to play in the SEC tournament. So, if you are you going to go to the NCAA tournament, depending on where Tennessee goes, you're just going to watch. No, them I'm going to go rough this weekend. Uh, I've got a customer in Kentucky, and uh, they usually like bringing me up and laughing at me you know so <laughs> i think they'll be laughing this i hope weekend. not i hope not but no nah, that'll be my one basketball game this year we asked the question yesterday i think tommy posted to chuck and myself and is this cow's this final hurrah it's nearly been 1500 days since kentucky's won an ncaa tournament game you know it, it's uh it's been reported a lot you know apparently him and miss barnhart the athletic director don't talk a lot uh, i think he came under criticism kind of taking shots at his own football program. Yeah, Stoops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kentucky fans are, have rallied behind Stoops. They, they've, they've, they've got a respectable uh, football program now. Uh, they're recruiting well. They play good football. And uh, Calipari's not been getting it done. I mean, they had an early exit last year. And, you know, the Final Fours and National Championship, which was won, that, that's a long time ago. Yeah, but, I mean – I think what you got to ask yourself, who are you going to get, you know, (laughs) to come in there and recruit? And you think, well, just wind up someone and put them at Kentucky and they'll win. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've, they've had Billy ball for a while. That didn't work out too well. I mean, just they, they, they gotta, they gotta think about that now, unless, you know, Billy Donovan might want to leave the NBA and come to Kentucky. That, that could be a showstopper, you know? Let me tell you this, and I want your re- your reaction to this. You, you may or may not know this. Auburn has lost three in a row. We probably paid attention to that. But if I told you Auburn's lost five of their last six, how concerned would you be if you're Auburn right now with the trend they're on? Yeah, it makes me happy, but I, I'd be very concerned. You know, we, we thought this team at home would be unbeatable. The way, you know, Arkansas went down there, and, it, you know, it's a tough place to play. Missouri tonight, Vandy on Saturday, they have to have a 2-0 week. I don't think they will. They're only winning that stretch, Tommy. You're talking about was it what against Georgia? I think they blew them out on the road, and that's it. I don't have that scheduling. I just made that note when I was putting this together. I think that's right. Auburn, when I've watched him play, Wendell Green's a little better than he was last year, but I mean they still have stretches when they have difficulty scoring, and I guess that's relative to Arkansas and Tennessee, some other teams as well. But I mean, you'd much rather be on Arkansas stretch where you've had the one five of six conference games rather yeah. than the stat that you just mentioned. You've lost five of six. Well, hey, yeah. I was going to say, you you mentioned they had to go 2-0 and oh this week. Well, they still got Tennessee and Alabama left on the schedule. Auburn does. They got the toughest two teams left to play. They got to go, go two. Is that two Knoxville, two Thompson Bowling, or are they hosting? No, they're the, it's, it's 
uh, at Alabama, Tennessee, the last game of the regular season at Auburn. Okay. Yeah. So you look at Arkansas and their their remaining six games. Five of the six are against teams inside today's top fifty three in the net ranking. Florida being fifty three. The other outside of that would be Georgia, who's ranked one twenty three. You get that game at home a week from today. You got to win that game. That's a can't lose game. But uh, a lot of opportunity. Arkansas is at twenty three in the net rankings. You know, I don't want to sit here and say uh, if you just split because I think you need to probably do better than that. You probably need to go four and two down the stretch. A win at either Bama or Tennessee would, I think, maybe lock you into the tournament at that point if you can win one of those two games at a four and two stretch. But Arkansas with a lot of opportunity. I, I just wanted to point let, out going down the stretch. Let me ask you this, Tommy, because you're always at the tag. When Arkansas has got a good record, you just want to go to the tournament, win a game, and get on out of there. I mean, do you think they need to – go on a tournament run this year going into the NCAA. They need to win three games in a row to feel good. I would I would feel much better if you're one of those top four seeds. If you're one of the top four teams, I would think you don't have a lot to prove at the conference tournament and a, and a net ranking inside the top 30. I think if you do that, you're going to probably have a net ranking equal or better than where you're at today at 23. So, yeah, if you're number four and you, you don't have to play till Friday, I think you could lose Friday, go home, and not not worry about if your name's going to be called. Do, do you think they need an extra game or two with Nick Smith to jail? Depends on who you're playing. I, I think you want to make sure you avoid teams like South Carolina, like LSU, teams that, from a net ranking standpoint, could put a minor down. I think at that point there's so much body of work that goes into the formula, but those games are the games that could, could – get you out of the tournament. You lose to South Carolina, let's say, whose net ranking uh, this morning is 251 in the league tournament. Somehow they advanced their way through because they played well away from home and you have to play them, say, on Thursday and that's your one and only game of the tournament. That makes things a lot more nerve-wracking for Sunday. If I had to guess, if Arkansas winds up being a top-four seed like you're guessing, they'll win Friday and they'll get bounced on Saturday because that's what they've done the last two years. And I think, there's, I think if they played Tennessee and Nashville or if they played... Alabama and Nashville. I don't know who that other team, even maybe Auburn, they'd probably lose. Go home, regroup, and get ready to see the matchup. Root and Muss have done a good job figuring out who they're going to play. Like they always have the, the yeah. two or three teams that they're likely. So they, they pre scout the NCAA tournament yeah. selection show. This is a funny SEC tournament, though. Really, if you're on the bracket opposite of Alabama, you got to think you got a shot of making the championship mm-hmm. game the way everybody's been playing or not playing. Bama's a wagon this year. They, they should be the number one overall seed with the wins they have non-conference, the way they've been. I mean, they're 12-0 and 0 in conference right now. That is the number one team. In the, in they got to win at so Do they go 18-0 mm-hmm. and 0 in the league? I or? think so. I think they go in the Was league. there a loss no, or two? They'll lose tomorrow night. Nah, no chance. No chance. You said the exact same thing about the football team. And I was <laughs> I'm on. A, I'm a stick Barnes and Company will win. It's regular season, Rick will get a win tomorrow. I'll bring night. a cigar in next okay. week. They will win tomorrow night. Do they fire up the cigars for basketball? Uh, we will for Alabama All when right. they're ranked number one. Ranked number one. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll allow smoking in the arena. <laughs> so. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dine-in and carry-out. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. 
And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Eric Musselman with the Arkansas media yesterday. If you want to listen to the 16 minutes he had with us, find it on hitthatline.com and our YouTube channel as well. Make sure you're subscribing and liking if you haven't done so already, not just with our YouTube channel, but our podcast network as well. Here's what Coach Mullis said about the minutes adjustment his team is going to go through with Nick Smith back in the lineup. How minutes, roles, how that gets defined is going to you know be based on how guys are playing and, and how the team playing you know we knew that uh, anytime a player comes back there's there's an adjustment for not just the player that's been sitting out but for the other guys as well so not a lot of teams are making that adjustment this late in the year and obviously we are and how many minutes do you think nick plays tomorrow night tommy mid-20s i was what i was 24 25 minutes i think it's also contingent on it also if he gets in and he's hot and there's a rhythm and you know the team's winning why would you change i mean that, that could that could go to 30 you know, based on uh, based on how the team's playing, but I mean, this is a big game tomorrow night, and uh, you know, if he's in and he's lift, he's the rising tide that's lifting the boats. You you don't change it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I didn't get to listen to all of his his press conference yesterday, but it, I guess apparently the knee is not uh, not a problem following that. I think they knew that going into the game based on some practice time. So you know, as long as the knee's not bothering him, there's no concerns there. If if he's a rising tide that's lifting all the Razorback boats, then then you you may go you may press that a few more minutes. I thought Nick forced his first shot on Saturday, got blocked, but after that, I thought he took shots within the flow of the offense, and he missed some open looks that I think he's going to start knocking down once he gets his legs back under him. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of in that 20 minutes thought process when it comes to his uh, playing time tomorrow night again. 8 o'clock, it follows the Tennessee out. We got two good SEC games tomorrow night. Not so much tonight, but tomorrow night with what you said. You got the setup in Knoxville with Alabama at Tennessee, and you follow it up with Arkansas and Texas A&M and College Station. That's a pretty good schedule right there. Yeah, tonight you got uh, Missouri and Auburn uh, playing. You've also got, uh, let's see, what else is in? I got a few of these written down here. But uh, And then Saturday is, of course, a huge day as, as well. But tomorrow night. Van- on ESPN two is uh, is is the place to be. The other games tonight: Vandy's at South Carolina, that are five and a half point favorite. Then LSU is at Georgia. Those are the three games on tonight. But of course, the majority of eyes are going to be on tomorrow night with what happened. I was watching the 
Miami and North Carolina game last night. Texas went down to Texas Tech in Lubbock and lost to the Red Raiders last night, which is always enjoyable to hear Texas lose. But Big 12, it's pretty crazy right now. The teams that are winning and losing, it is uh, it is tough each and every night like it is in the SEC to go, regardless of the venue and the team you play, you better bring it or you're going to lose. Now, we know Arkansas baseball gets going this weekend inside of Globe Life Park against 7 o'clock on Flow Sports Arkansas will take on Texas and, of course, right here on ESPN Arkansas at hitthatline.com. In addition to that, you've got D1 Baseball that's coming out with their preseason, postseason projections. They've got Arkansas as a nine seed in the Fayetteville Regional and potentially matching up in the Gainesville Super Regional with the Florida Gators. You'd take that right now. Um, I mean, being a just outside the top eight national seeds, for some would be disappointing. Uh, not hosting the Super Regional, but I just go back to history. Now, going to Florida would be tough, but you know Arkansas's ability to go win on the road in a Super Regional setting or regional setting, we saw it last year. I mean, uh, this is not a, a deal where being at home is the uh, the ultimate kryptonite. We've, we've seen it where Arkansas has lost at home, not often. Um, but, uh, you know, Arkansas... Uh, going has plenty of history going on the road and winning in the postseason. A lot of baseball to play, obviously, 56 games ahead of you, but you take number nine right now and feel all right about it. Have you ever been to Gainesville? I've been through Gainesville, um, not been there for a game, probably going to go for the football game uh, in, what, November 4th or whatever this year. That on the way to Tallahassee? Is that what no, you- it's past Tallahassee. Uh, if, you're going, if you were driving down, uh, I guess that'd be I-10, uh-huh. and then uh, kind of, you, you turn south there. Gainesville's kind of in the in the uh, in the bend of uh, the potential going down towards Orlando, north of Orlando, between or- Orlando and Jacksonville, or you know, to the east uh, would be Tallahassee. Softball's got five games this weekend as well, so big weekend for Razorback sports. In addition, you're hosting the Florida Gators team. We're just talking about on that. That is going to do it for your hog update. Brought to you by Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call eight eight eight. Sparky. How about the Super Bowl drawing 113 million viewers, the third most ever. Rihanna's halftime performance was the second most watched Super Bowl halftime show on record with 118 million people. So a good chunk of people were in front of their TV or their buddy's TV. Well, well, on, how on many Sunday. for halftime? 118. So more than the, than the game. Mm-hmm. I guess that, that 100 and what did you say, 13? Mm-hmm. Uh, was an average. That's that's what happens when you have a good game throughout. But it's just like the example I was given at my house. My my eleven year old, she wasn't paying a lot of attention to the game. But hey, someone let me know when halftime starts. She wanted to see that. So I mean that we we wonder why. Hey, why aren't we getting some of our favorites that are on our playlist on there? They do the research. They understand exactly who's going to bring uh, bring people to the table. I heard a lot of people. Uh, I say I heard it's on social media complained about hey Rihanna didn't get paid this and that that's the pay right 118 million people watching your performance how many how many Apple downloads you think got bought yesterday you know you don't go to the record store anymore you don't buy a CD that's how you buy your music but concert tickets uh, all sorts of things but, but she hadn't been on tour in a while it's I think is what I read but um, obviously she's, she's She's great with child. You got a child on the way, but mm-hmm. you know, I promise you, she made more money there than whatever the uh, appearance fee would have been. And it's not just her. It's like we discussed yesterday. 
the halftime performers don't get paid. I don't know how long that's been the case, but people were acting like it was just Hurts. Like, no, it's been that way for that way years. Oh, whatever the case. But I think I, they pay their expenses. I think the okay. NFL pays the expenses of, of them coming to do that. I and mean, I don't know how much is budgeted or put into that, but you could tell they spent a lot of money just on the the stage or whatever you want to call it with all those you know platforms that were, were being raised and lowered. We consistently listened. That that was our warm-up music a lot of times. Uh, Rihanna was back in high school and stuff, so that kind of brought back some good old basketball memories from back in the day. And I, I'm a guy, I'll listen to pretty much anything. I have a section, I don't have a section of music that I just listen to. I listen to stuff all over the place, but I, I understand certain members don't like that. I don't, doesn't really matter to me, but obviously it brought in a good chunk of audience. Like we said, 118 million. Do you have a concert that you've got planned for this year? Have you already bought tickets anywhere? No, I'm waiting on some schedules. I mean, it's still early. A lot of the schedules of what I'd like to say. I'd like to go to see George Strait in Nashville. That's at the end of July. I don't, tickets are already gone. I mean, then you get on secondary market and it's just painful. Are they outrageous? Oh. What's that? What's outrageous? 400 bucks? Hmm. But see, the problem is you go on StubHub or SeatGeek, or 400 means 550 by the time you get done. That's the problem with all the fees and and everything else. So I had do to, you really want to spend 1000 on two seats for a stadium show? Is uh. this the first year that you have to turn in your ticket stubs that you sold for your taxes, right? Because I had to print no, that they, out. No, they put that off. We don't have to do that? No. Oh, okay. That's one less thing that I don't have to pay on. It's coming, though. Okay. I didn't know. I, I thought they were making us do that this year. So. I started my taxes yesterday. I'm trying to do that in the next day or so. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Tom, good morning, man. Appreciate you jumping in with us as always. I know Arkansas didn't have a successful outing in Nick Smith's return. And I want to ask, Devo and Ricky had their worst game offensively in a while. Devo really had his worst game overall in a while. Was that a byproduct of them trying to figure out their new role with Nick coming back, you think? Hey, good morning, Ty. Thanks for the intro and uh, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Um I don't know if you can describe it to that. Um, you know, Devo had a like track record all the way up to the start of conference play. He wasn't shooting that well, particularly from three. And then he, he caught fire. So I think there probably was an, a readjustment game that was going to happen along the way. And it just so happened. It came against a team that 
when you looked at what they were doing defensively, and then I listened to the post game from Coach, from Chris Jans, um, they just wanted to clog the paint. And when Arkansas's guards drove, it, it's almost like they 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 met some double teaming, um, and those drop offs that they were giving to the bigs just weren't available as much that had been so readily available in the Kentucky game. So um, I think maybe uh, a, a correction game was in the works along the way for Devo. Uh, maybe counsel as well. But Mississippi State just came in here ready. It was almost like the way Arkansas went into the Kentucky game. You know, we're, we're not going to, you know, we're going to keep doing what we do. And they just never suffered a, a big drop-off. Uh, and like Jan said, they were they were just basically hanging on at the end. And, and they did. You know, if the game had gone another five minutes, who knows, maybe Arkansas would have come back and won it, but it, it was a deflator for sure. I mean, second home loss. So um, they got work to do to get um, Nick Smith ingrained in the system and, and get back chugging. So you mentioned the drop coverage Mississippi State was playing. If Makai and Mikel really aren't shooting that elbow jumper and the team's not hitting threes, how do you counter that, Tom? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, and that's why Eric Musselman and his staff are good at what they do. And as he said, get back into the lab because, you know, for a while it was zone. And then Arkansas, you could see their zone offense was picking up. They, they got it, you know, you're supposed to get it into the, to the gaps in the post and then, you know, deal from there, have cutters going down the baselines. And, and Jordan Walsh had a bunch of dunks and there was those drop-offs I mentioned that started making the zone harder to do against Arkansas. And now this, and so you can bet Texas A&M will have you saw what they did against LSU with a bunch of trapping stuff, sometimes before midcourt, sometimes right after. So Anthony Black and the and the ball handlers have to be uh, aware of that. Um, but <clears throat> you've, you've got to shoot better from, from distance to start with. And if you do that, then you can draw things out. Uh, but I think the bigs have to be a little bit more uh, offensively astute, both of the Mitchells and, and Jalen Graham if he gets minutes in this game. But I expect they're going to have a better, like, overall performance against A&M than they did against Mississippi State. You know, Arkansas won that game back uh, the last day of January, 81-70, to 70, one of the rare times you allow 70 and, and win the game. But Arkansas was hot. They got a lot of points inside, 38 of their uh, 81, and shot 50% from the floor. I look at the box score here, and you had Coleman, Taylor, and Radford all score 17 or more. Seems like defensively, uh, you know, Arkansas – would like to clamp down on the road, and that's the one thing that'll travel, Tom, is is defense. Yeah, and they're going to have to play really good defense because Bradford and Taylor are really good at penetrating, and they, they have decent three-point shots. Um, I'll tell you, uh, the, the, the key issue in the game against Kentucky that I was worried about was their offensive rebounding, and that's in this game as well. They've got to keep A&M from killing them on their offensive glass. And so I'm sure that's going to be one of the stressed points of this game. And, you know, a lot of times it just comes down to who has a better shooting night. And Arkansas basically couldn't be stopped at Kentucky. If A&M shoots the ball well, um, then they're going to be hard to beat tomorrow night. And if Arkansas shoots the ball well, they're going to give themselves a chance to win this game. Yeah. So would a, would a win on the road at A&M be – how would you counter that with a loss at home to Mississippi State? Would a win on the road at A&M – count for more since it's a road win against a team with a higher net ranking uh, or uh, would it just neutralize a home loss in your opinion? <laughs> well, it, 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 it neutralizes it just from the standpoint of where you are in the standing. But I think 
when it comes to inputting that data into the computers, I think getting a road win and, um, you know, I did a little note on this. A&M, <clears throat> I think, is about 33 in the uh, net ranking. So that, that would be a quad win on the road, a quad one win on the road. And I just don't understand how some of the, the guys who put together the brackets don't uh, have A&M, like, more highly regarded. I know they were 7-6 and six or whatever that was, 6-5 and five in pre-conference, and they had some eye-opening losses like to Wofford. But, man, you know, their last 12 to 15 games, they have looked really strong. And I moved them up to number two in our conference power ranking. Very, very tough, tough win. But I, I think – you'd get a slightly bigger benefit from this road win than you did from the home loss. And I agree on that, Tom. And on the subject of where Arkansas could be moving forward in their next six games, what do you think they have to finish for them to confidently be in the tournament come selection Sunday? Well, I'm pretty sure hold and serve at home. So if you go three and three, if you beat Florida and Georgia um, and Kentucky, I think you got you're looking at a pretty good shot simply because playing Alabama on the road and Tennessee on the road is going to improve your it's going to keep your net ranking up there pretty good. Um, and because they had a good pre-comp, their strength of schedule is way up there. I think that puts them in good shape. If you get a road win at either A&M or Tennessee or Bama, then I, I think it clinches it for you. I mean, as long as you don't just fall apart otherwise. So I don't anticipate that happening, but also – uh, it's going to be hard to get Arkansas out, off those middle lines, in my view, seven, seven to ten or eleven, and which means you know you might have a tough opening round game and certainly a, a tough second round game. But if they can get Nick Smith back in the fold, in the flow, and kind of rebuild to where they were, they're going to be a, a difficult out in the NCAA's, just like they've been the last two years. Yeah. Tom, you mentioned Alabama. If they beat Tennessee and Knoxville tomorrow night. Did they lose a conference game in their remaining five? Well, I was looking at that yesterday as well. They finished at A&M. That's going to be a really tough game for them, particularly if they are 15-0, and or excuse me, 17-0, and and feel that pressure. Uh, you know what I mean? Like to complete a, a, a perfect conference season. And I'm not sure when the last time that was. Maybe Kentucky. I, I, I need to research that for my next SEC report. But – I don't know. I just get the sense that somebody somewhere, you know, Oklahoma, when they got down to that game, you know, they didn't shoot well from three. They lost by 24 points or whatever. So I just feel like there's going to be one little slip along the way. It, Tennessee certainly is going to be a, a tough deal, and then A&M will, will be as well. I'm not sure the other. Auburn comes up there, and um, that'll be a tough game as well. Yeah, because you look at the league standings with, with Bama at 12-0 and and Texas A&M at 10-2, and I mean, a lot of things are going to have to go wrong for A&M not to finish second in this league. A lot will have to go right for Tennessee. There's there's a greater likelihood of Tennessee finishing fifth than second, I'd say, at this point with their 8-4 and four record. <laughs> well, I haven't looked at it that deeply. But, yeah, Tennessee's got tough games left, obviously, with Arkansas, Bama, and so on. They get Bama uh, and Kentucky and, this week. So. Wow, yeah, tough week. But i got to tell you, man, if Arkansas had just beaten Mississippi State, because you guys asked me about that <clears throat> last time. You know, is there a better likelihood that they finish in, or is there a likelihood they finish in the top four? If they had beat Mississippi State, they would be in, you know, a tie for the top four. Um, and that's why I said I thought it was going to be difficult to do that. 
but I did not anticipate losing to Mississippi State. Even though I thought it was going to be a tough game, I thought they'd win it. Yeah, because, I mean, I think even though Tennessee's four games back in the conference, two games back a second, Bama and Tennessee are locks for the tournament. If this is a, say, six-bid league, I mean, it, I think Arkansas is probably the leader because of their net ranking at 23 amongst that next group of teams. But uh, teams three through six, you might say, for NCAA tournament spots, uh, it's going it's going to be wild and woolly this last third of conference play. Yeah, it really is. And there's some teams that you didn't expect to be there that are ahead of Arkansas that they're going to have to battle past. I mean, Kentucky's one of them, and so is Missouri. And so um, Auburn. Auburn, they need to – yeah, and Auburn, and, and they lost on the road there. So, uh, yeah, it's – you you want to get you want to get a really high quality win down the stretch if you're Arkansas. I, I don't think the tournament the this committee really looks at how many teams from a conference. Uh, but uh, you don't want to be like the seventh or eighth team from the SEC when you know, in terms of resume comparison. I think people are expecting as we're talking with Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat is at Whole Hawk Sports here that Nick Smith ri- gets back in a rhythm. Tom, how long are you expecting it to take for him to get back into what we expect out of Nick Smith Jr.? You know, if, if we had seen more of him or if I'd seen more of him in high school, I, I could give you a more, you know, thoughtful answer. Um, if you examine what he did the other night, it looked like he played real feisty defense. I think he had a rush three-pointer maybe at one point. Of course, if it had gone down, we, we'd have just called it a great shot. But it just seemed like maybe there was one three-pointer that he jacked up pretty quick. Um, you know, in his game, he's got a lot of mid-range stuff. He's got, he's got a really nice offensive array. I expect he'll be much better tomorrow night. Um, and then hopefully by the weekend, the Florida game, um, he's fully back in this and they start getting a feel for what the rotation is going to look like. So I'm going to ask you about baseball before we go. And we'll do a little bit more of this on Thursday. But as Arkansas – Basketball is still in the thick of things. The baseball team gets rolling in Globe Live. Uh, the starting pitching, I know with Jackson Wiggins, we talked about this a little bit last week with the torn UCL. Do you have a guy that you expect to be the Friday night starter within a few weeks for this baseball program? Well, yeah, I mean, this coming week, right? So I I, I just think Hagen Smith is going to get that opportunity out of the gate. Uh, the way they've the way they paced him during these scrimmages and, and, you know, he just seems to have the, the first weekend thing. And of course, if need be during the course of the year, Dave Van Horn and Matt Hobbs can move guys around, but it looks to me like him. And then Will McIntyre is going to be in the starting rotation. Uh, and then it looks like Hunter Holland, the, the left-hander, maybe you, uh, you go left, right, left to start the year and see how that rolls. And obviously we know from past experiences that, if they need to make a change, I mean, you think about last year, McIntyre came on kind of late, got in the rotation. Um, guys like Zach Morris's responsibilities moved around a little. Um, and who, who's going to close games? All all very interesting to, to see start developing for this team. Yeah, and I mean, we know the trouble that left-handed pitching has caused Arkansas at the plate. So if what you're saying there is you know, pans out and you had two lefties in your, in your three-game rotation – uh, you, you hope a similar result for your opponents this year with, with maybe more predominant left-hand pitching. That's right. And, you know, it just seems to me the teams that have quality left-handed starting pitching, you just see that the, you know, the stats for the – it just seems like it goes a little better for you if they're real quality left-handers. So uh, that's always a plus for you. 
And then, um, you know, Hagen Smith, he got out to a great start last year, and then, you know, he lost game two. I think this, he got the start against Stanford, um, and then he planed out a little bit. But they did a great job with him kind of late in the year, giving him a little bit of a rest. And then when it came to the postseason, um, he, he wasn't a starter all the time. He, he moved in and out, but uh, I thought he was really good for him. So I think he's a kid who uh, probably physically is now ready for a few more innings because um, he certainly comes with great pedigree. Stovall comes to mind. Who are some of the, the hot bats you expect to see maybe this weekend or at least lead the offensive charge from the plate for, the, for this team? Yeah, well, I mean, Dave Van Horn said we're going to see the best version of Brady Slavin, so we know he's a power bat. Hopefully the average is a little higher and the strikeouts are down some. They like Joseph Berger in the leadoff spot. Um, Caleb Cowley, uh, I think he could be the third baseman. Um, I don't know. It's just going to be – and Jace Borfin ought to have a better year. So um, the cool thing about Dave Van Horn teams is you know they recruited well. You know they, have, they run a good system, and you're just going to see guys rise and fall and, you're going to see maybe there's a dude like Braden Webb out there who doesn't have a high average but hits home runs and drives in runs and gets on base, causes you problems. So I think it's just going to be fun to watch the journey. Tom, we'll leave it there. We'll talk more about the college baseball showdown in Globe Life in Arlington this weekend and uh, recap this Arkansas-Texas A&M game on Thursday. Yeah, sounds like a plan. See y'all. All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Whole hog sports. We don't have the lines for uh, for the basketball for tomorrow, but uh, be interesting to see how those come out. I'm not sure on the Bet Saracen app what uh, what college baseball will look like. That will be interesting to me as we uh, kind of unfold the season uh, and how much our audience and how much as we talk to Carton and the crew down there, how much college baseball is um, is of interest to to our fans. This uh, on the Bet Saracen app should be uh, should be interesting to look at. So. We'll have a, a look at all the lines coming up tomorrow. Now, if you haven't downloaded the Bet Saracen app, uh, just go to BetSaracen.com. You can download it in the Apple App Store. At BetSaracen.com, there's also a really cool video that explains exactly how to use the app. And uh, we'll take a look at all the college basketball lines for tomorrow night's games in the SEC, including the Razorbacks and Alabama and Tennessee, maybe coming up tomorrow. They Those generally come out about, what, 12 or 15 hours ahead of tip-off. They, they are not uh, days in advance. They are hours uh, in advance. So should be a lot of fun keeping an eye on that as uh, we move forward. I'm interested to see kind of what the betting public does with uh, with Arkansas baseball this year. I'm curious to see what the line is for this Texas A&M game tomorrow night. It's A&M by five? I, I mean, I wouldn't. That sounds right. Arkansas was favored pretty well, if I remember, in that game back at the end of January, but they were at home, so... Looking at some of the games that I'm just scrolling through. Vanderbilt at South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina's catching five and a half at home. So they are a home uh, uh, underdog. Let me see if I can find a few other SEC games uh, in here. But, uh, you know, some few, few interesting things. Missouri at Auburn. What do you think Auburn would be favored by? Five and a half. Six and a half. Six and a half. So you're pretty close there. So uh, let's see. What's the third? And there's one more game. LSU at Georgia. Georgia minus four and a half. LSU's been a hard one, not not hard to figure out, just puzzling how bad they've been this year. I mean, just just incredibly bad for LSU. So and those you are, lost, and you lost them. Their only and, conference yeah, one. Their only conference. So Kansas at Oklahoma State tonight, a one and a half point uh, Kansas uh, line in their favor tonight. So other game of interest. So Bet Saracen, go to the Bet Saracen app at betsaracen.com. It's a big game tomorrow night for the Arkansas Razorbacks. You need Devontae Davis to play better. Coach Muss. 
not really concerned that he won't bounce back. You know, Devo, he's been around long enough and he's had such an impact on us both sides of the basketball this year. So I'm not really overly concerned with him bouncing back. Pardon my double negative, but what I was trying to say is Coach Muss, he expects more out of him tomorrow. And I think you do too. Again, he's played so well as of late that the expectation has been extremely high for Devontae Davis, and he played poorly on Saturday. I think he knows that. The team knows that. And I think he'll have a good game tomorrow night against Texas A&M where the guards for the Aggies are really talented, and they're going to need him on defense and him to knock down shots offensively as well. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.